0: Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Mm. Wow. Lord, I just pray for the light and easy yoke of Jesus upon every person in here. Um, And I pray that we can all be there for each other and help each other to bear one another's burdens. And to love one another, Father, I pray no one in here feels alone. I pray no one in here feels like they're not seen because you see them. And we just love you, Jesus. You're so good. I've just been thinking about how Jesus resurrected from the grave. I had a dream the other night where, um, in the dream, someone passed away. And I said, boy, it's really quiet in here today. I had this dream where this, someone had passed away, and I looked at everybody, and I just started preaching the gospel, saying, our life is but a vapor of smoke, and then I asked them all a question, everybody in the dream, and I said, what happens when a perfect person dies, and they're all looking at me kind of dumbfounded in the dream, and I got a little more intense, what happens when a perfect person dies? I said, he resurrects. And I told them how God became a man.
1: And he took on flesh. And he overcame the world. He
0: overcame the world. He suffered something he didn't deserve. He was a perfect man. The only perfect man. What happens when you kill a perfect man? He gets up out of the grave And he overcame death. He overcame sin. He took away the sin of the world. Death in the world because of sin. And Jesus conquered it all. And the Bible says that he's become a life-giving spirit. And he gives life to us. The Bible says those who believe in him shall have everlasting life. Jesus is alive right now. And he really wants to be your friend. We're We're not just on this planet Sometimes it might feel like this, but we're not just on this planet sweating really hard and trying really hard and God's way up there and some insurmountable difference of space compared to us, and at some point we'll be connected with him. Do you know he didn't leave us orphans? He gave us his spirit. The living God. The Bible says in Revelation that Jesus walks in the midst of the lampstands. He's walking. Where's the lampstands of the church? The guy is alive. He's a life-giving spirit. And he's walking here right now. And he's welcome in this place. And he's alive. Wow. He's in you. He's in me. If you believe in him, you've been born again. His spirit reigns in your life. Yes. And he loves each of us. And we're not left on our own efforts. Isn't that good? It's really good that you're not left to your own efforts and your own strength. If it was by my efforts, I think I would rather curl up in a ball and cry. (laughs) But I still have a lot of effort to give. And I get energized because I'm not alone. Did you know that his yoke, do you guys know what a yoke is? Take these oxen, you put yoke on their neck and start mowing. Start mowing the field oxen. That's a, that's a pretty heavy yoke if you put it on one. If you were to wear one, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not an oxen. I'm not hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I can't handle this. But his yoke and his burden is light and easy. And why is that? It's because he's here with us right now. I'm going to talk today about faith, and I want to talk about how faith is like sowing. You have action to do for Jesus, but none of it ever, we're going to preface the whole message, nothing that I say from here on means you working by your own strength to do your own thing for God. You guys got that deep down in you? Here's another thing this means The Bible says you've been created for good works. Say this with me. Say, I'm created for good works. I want you to know something. You don't work to be created good. You don't work to be created good. If you could have worked to be created good, then Jesus died in vain. But he didn't die in vain, did he? (laughs) Because our works never could make us good. But there's one who makes us good. It's the living God. And now he's made you a new creation. The Bible says in Corinthians, Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creation. That new creation, he says, He's made you for good works. So nothing I say from here on out means that you need to strive really hard to be good little kids that God becomes approved and likes you a little bit more. It means everything I'm going to say is going to start from this place that you're a new creation and from that place I'm going to work for Christ. And I'm going to serve his name by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I am created for good works. You are created for good. Good works. It's so simple. Sometimes a sentence. You don't want to. You don't want to keep rambling. You got to think about this. You're created for
1: good works. If we don't live out good works, you don't live
0: out what you're created for. You're created for good works in Christ Jesus. All right? But you're not working to be created good. All right. It is so good. Wow. You guys got to see my notes. I have pages. I have been waiting to preach, and if I... I'll end up finding whatever friends around me, and then I just start yapping, you know? I can't help myself. And then I've just been so pent up, I got just... It's like, I, I have too many, I have too much for, for this service, and that's okay, because I figure the Holy Spirit will just take us wherever in a second, but, but I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this idea, and I really pray, I really do pray that you get this. I'm not saying that just because I'm the one preaching and I'm trying to make it more of a big deal. I really mean what I mean. I, I, I believe that if you understand what I'm saying, you will take risks that you've never taken so that God can do way more than you ever imagined. I really believe it with my whole heart. I, I believe some of us in here, uh, all of us, but, but there's some that are waiting. And, and you need a word like I'm going to tell you right now, and I, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to go deep in your heart where you know, I just need to do what I know I need to do. <laughs> Woo! Christians are risk-takers. I love... Um, Sometimes you ever heard people preach and they say, they say, they say faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You got, who's ever heard that? Handful of you. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That's risk for those (laughs) that are having trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes worship takes out a little bit. We're like, where am I? What am I? (laughs) What am I? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. And that's actually so true. It is so true. And some of you are gonna have a hard time at first going, how is it risk? But I, I really pray it's gonna become so much more clear to you. Faith is an action. This is the verse we're gonna start start out with. This is James chapter 2, verse 26. One verse, ready? It's a, it's a doozy. Here we go. Faith without works is dead. Everybody say faith without works is dead what does that mean it means your faith has action your faith living faith your faith has action if it doesn't it's dead okay faith has a work it always has a work so faith isn't just I'm extremely confident in God that just means you're extremely confident in God Faith is a confidence in God tied with relationship with him that you move in something. So a farmer sows a seed. yes? We all have we all have worldviews, we all have belief systems. Hopefully we're all on the same page on belief systems with Jesus. If you don't, maybe we'll just keep talking.
1: <laughs>
0: but we all have. A belief system another word for that is knowledge it's something we know it's our beliefs now if you just have knowledge or you just have beliefs and that's it and you got nothing else you're you're basically no greater than a demon or a pharisee that was pretty strong huh Um, the bible says that the demons even believe and tremble demons believe and tremble they don't just recognize that jesus is on the throne They tremble. (laughs) But the thing is, is that their wills were not given over unto the will of God. And they took their own will. So even though they know the truth, they've chosen another path for their will. Are we still following? The Pharisees knew a whole bunch of stuff. And Jesus says, listen,
1: do what they say, but don't do what they do. He says, they won't even lift a finger to help somebody. We
0: can be so overwhelmed with a bunch of right theology and miss the relationship and the journey of walking in faith. And may that never be the case for us. We want to be people that know the truth. And his name is Jesus, by the way. We want to know the truth. And we want to walk with him. We want to walk with him. Faith has action. So everybody has a worldview. Everybody has a belief. And so does a farmer. Because if a farmer didn't, the farmer would be sitting on the dirt. And he'd have a sack of seeds. And he wouldn't know what to do. He'd probably sit there all day and just go, well, maybe God will give me a harvest. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And that man would probably have a really hard time being a farmer. If you want to be an investor, you'd have a really hard time being an investor if you know nothing about the stock market. Yeah? If you want to own a coffee shop, but you've never even seen a coffee bean, you're going to have a really hard time making good coffee for people that people want to keep coming back. Yeah? If you're called to be a dancer, but you've never even seen a dance, let alone dance, you just stand there like a stick. Faith <laughs> comes by hearing. It comes by experiencing something, a revelation, seeing it, believing something that if I participate in something, something's going to come out of it. So a farmer believes and he understands if I sow seed, I'm going to get a harvest. That's a belief system. His faith says, I take the seed and I chuck it in the ground and let it die. I release it, right? And then what does he do? He trusts God to bring a harvest. Can a farmer make a harvest happen? No. A farmer can sow his seed. God brings the harvest. Yes? A farmer can want it all he wants. All the water can dry up in the world. It doesn't matter. <laughs> God determines our harvests, God determines the outcome, so the seed was grace, and your response to his grace puts it in an atmosphere, a place of multiplication, so God can be more glorified, and the fruit and the harvest of your life is a result of him, so the Bible said he gives seed to the sower, this is already quoted, he gives seed to the sower and bread for the eater, you guys ever heard that verse? That's in uh, 2 Corinthians 9.10. He gives seed to the sower and bread for
1: food. Bread for food. How do you get from seed to bread? Got to put the seed in the ground. Have you guys ever walked down the street and seen a loaf of bread on the ground? No, like just growing out of the ground? You had to go to the supermarket to get a loaf of bread. God provided that bread. Are we all still with me? I'm just, okay. See, I have to like lay a bunch of
0: stuff. He gives seed to the sower and he gives bread for the eater. But in between, there is human faith. Humans took seed and sowed it.
1: God blessed it and gave us bread. Isn't that fun? In the world, every business and
0: everything that you will do, there is a principle of sowing and reaping. You have to take risk to get anything.
1: We still there, guys? You're so quiet,
0: I can't tell. Plus, I can't see you. The lights in my eyes. I can only see this front row. They're all. They're always happy. So I can't. I'm trying to look beyond. <laughs> Just like in the natural world, the spiritual world actually works by sowing and reaping too. I don't know if you guys know this, but the kingdom of God, the whole thing is tied up in sowing and reaping. And Jesus makes himself known as the one who went out to sow some seed. Everything in life, okay? Everything in life that God has called us to in terms of work looks like sewing. It looks like risk. Our, when, when we sit down and we go, well, if God wants that to happen for me, then He'll just make it happen. If, if God is calling you to do something, before He's going to make something happen, He'll typically call you to do something. And then He blesses something and causes it to happen. Are you guys still following me? You're still following me. Let's go to the Bible. All oh, right, uh, here, there's some quotes. I was just thinking about these. and here we go. Partnership, by the way, the seed is grace, okay? If you're sitting under a tree, and you just go, well, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to chill all the days of my life, and thank you, God, for giving me trees. I'm just going to eat the fruit of the trees. Well, you're not a bird. A bird eats the leftovers of humans. You guys ever eat outside of, like, the food restaurants? The little birds come, and they want to eat your leftovers off the table? The Lord provides for the birds off your leftovers. How much more is He going to provide for you, the one who labors and sows and reaps, right? God's going to bless your efforts. It's always scary to do something, to trust, but you got to do it. God's so good, right? But when you partner with grace, God will bring a harvest. You'll never have a harvest if you stick the seeds
1: in your pocket. You'll never have a harvest. If you stick the seeds
0: in your pocket, you might be able to walk around and find God's provenient grace all around in a tree there that you get to eat from because God's still so good and he'll turn all things together for your good. But if he's given you a sack of seed and you're just going to put it in your pocket, the harvest that he is calling forth from you will never happen unless you take risk. Okay, let's go to matthew uh chapter twenty five If you have a bible, if you wanna just listen, do it. I do that a lot when people preach. I love this um we're going to go matthew twenty five verse fourteen before we even do in um in the other verses.
1: He gives. Wait, am I in the right chapter? Twenty-five. Yes. Yep. God gives these parables. Jesus gives parables,
0: and ultimately, what Jesus says is, "There's a man who went out sowing seed, and upon you know, some fell upon the the street, some fell upon good soil, right? Some fell upon thorny ground, etc. Some." You know, the birds came and ate up some of them, and he says this whole thing. So there's a good sower, and we all know his name is Jesus. So he went out sowing, so he's a good person to imitate in your life, okay? Then there's a second sower, and that's the enemy, and it says he went out and he sowed tares. And then he goes on, and he gives another parable of the kingdom of God, and he says, the kingdom of God's like a mustard seed. You sow it in the ground, and it becomes a tree. It's so big. And he keeps giving all of these, these parables in Matthew, so this is Matthew 25, verse 14. It's another parable, and he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling from a far, to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Think of money. To another two and to another one. And to each one according to his own ability. So he gave gifts to his servants according to their ability. Did I slow down the verse enough for you? He gave gifts to his servants according to their ability. Do you know he's given you gifts according to your ability? We all have so many gifts within us and so much uniqueness. Let's keep going. He who had received the five talents went and traded with them. In other words, he
1: risked the gift. He risked the gift. Could he have lost it in trading? Yes. But was that the point? Did he risk? He risked it. He
0: risked it. And this is what it says. He received five more talents. And likewise, he had received two, gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, You delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. We all know that that's actually a saying that Christ says over and over again that he'll say to us in the end when we stand before him as good and faithful servants. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. And I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside those. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. It's interesting. This guy didn't even see God as a risk taker. He sees him as a stealer of other people's risk.
1: And he doesn't risk anything. He's afraid to risk. He digs a, digs a hole in the ground and just says, Well,
0: he gave me this thing. I'll just give it right back. That'll be good enough. I was afraid. Say, I was afraid. That was him. I was afraid. Fear will
1: rob you of your risk. Don't let it. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the
0: ground. Look, there you have what is yours. You know, fear is so interesting. You might... Know that you're, you might be someone, you're just a natural minister. You just love to love on people. You're so good at it. And fear might just feel like, I just don't want to talk to these people. I'm so afraid. Just open yourself up. You just say yes to the Holy Spirit. And he begins to move over you and empower you to do the very thing that you really want to do deep down anyways. This is what Jesus said. So take the talent from him. Oh, well, I'll back up. The Lord answered and said to him, I shouldn't skip it, even though it's intense. The Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. (laughs) Let's just say, we don't want to be wicked and lazy. That doesn't sound fun. I don't want to get to the end and the Lord go, you are so lazy. (laughs) Like, you get to come in, but you ain't getting nothing more. Like... I'll be like, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I get to come in. <laughs> oh. it says, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You see, he judges them according to his own faith. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have at least received back my own interest. It says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has five talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. It says, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My goodness, Jesus. Way to make it. Intense. Listen. It's truth. You have giftings. But you're called to risk. No matter what it looks like, no matter how simple, no matter how simple, no matter how easy, and we're going to get into how easy some of these things are, but you are so unique in who you are. And you bring something to the world in partnership with Christ by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to sow into the world that no one else can bring but you. He gave those gifts to you. He gave gifts to you according to your abilities, according to who you are in your identity, specifically you. Do you know who you are and do you know what you've got? You got to know that. And then you got to know you're not alone, but you got to risk it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. This is actually the, the centerfold scripture that we're focusing on. See, I told you, we've got to start with all the things I said in the beginning. <laughs> you don't work to become good. You are good, and now you're made for good works. You're not working for the kingdom of heaven. You're working from the kingdom of heaven. You're already seated with Christ in heavenly
1: places. Now you're operating from it. But the Lord's got bread to give to people. It's like this.
0: You, you pray for people. God wants to heal people. Well, none of us ever want to stretch out the Lord's hand to heal. And sure, he can just zap people, but he could do that anyways. The way he
1: operates is through all of us partnering. Bread comes after the seed was sown.
0: The bread is, is healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread, and you get to pray for people. Isn't that fun? Did you know your prayer this is a whole sides thing? Did you know your prayers are like seed, kingdom seed? Oh, we're gonna get to that. There's more. Okay, Galatians six. Oh man. Galatians six. We're gonna read a couple verses here. This is verse four. But let each one examine his own work. Sometimes as Christians, we don't like to examine our own work because it feels legalistic. It's only legalistic if you think that your work is making you good enough. Yeah? But that's not us. So let each of us examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit, will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Isn't that fun?
1: You we have an opportunity to sow our lives into the spirit. It's not enough to have a set of doctrines and have it perfectly
0: orthodox and perfectly kosher whatever other words I can use perfectly perfect and yet and yet
1: we're not on a journey with a man named Jesus
0: This is why I said faith is your action based on your beliefs in relationship with Jesus. Your actions are in your thoughts, in your talk, and in your deeds. That's where you sow into the Spirit. You sow into the Spirit with your thoughts, with your talks, and with your deeds. The Bible says, I meditate upon your word day and night. Another verse says, I've hidden your word This is in Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. That is an action of sowing. You know, sowing, by the way, is super easy. You just go like this. It's lightning. You just drop it. I meditate upon your law. Do you know that your thoughts, what you're engaging with your thoughts in your life, you can choose to engage in your life the Spirit. And did you know that it will create an inner harvest for you of righteousness? It's not because you're not righteous. You are righteous. But as you meditate upon the truth of Scripture, you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I begin to meditate about what Jesus did for me, that he died and resurrected, that he made me a new person, that when I was baptized, my old man was gone, my new man has come, that he's empowered me by the Holy Spirit and he's given me the gift of righteousness. And as I begin to meditate on it and I hide it in my heart, I know who I am inside and I live accordingly. I sow seeds with my thoughts and it has power to cause me to live in righteousness by his grace. I didn't make Jesus die on a cross. I didn't make myself righteous. He did all of those things. I'm simply thinking about it. Here's another one. Your speech. (laughs) This is a crazy story. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus goes up to a fig tree. You guys ever heard this story? This is so fun. He goes up to this fig tree and it's not, he's hungry. He goes up to it and he wants to eat a little bit of it and there's no fruit on it. He gets really upset and he's like, die (laughs) he basically tells it die be cursed he like kills the fig tree and do you know what happened to the fig tree right then in that moment nothing (laughs) nothing happened right then the next day they're walking by and disciples looked at the fig tree that Jesus had cursed and all of a sudden it was shriveled up and dead. and they go oh my gosh Jesus that's the fig tree you got upset with because it wasn't bearing fruit. And you know what the Lord says? Actually, it's so good, we, we should actually read it. This is Mark.
1: Mark chapter 11, verse 23. This is what the Lord says to them.
0: Jesus answered and said to them, they said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Jesus says to them, have faith in God. This whole thing you just did, it was a lesson about faith. How cool is this? Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Your father may forgive you. But he says, He says, oh, that fig tree? That's right. That came out of
1: faith. You speak faith. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am. Some
0: of us, we think thoughts about ourselves, and then it's okay because thoughts actually come. Sometimes you have warfare in your thoughts. It's not necessarily your thoughts. But let's say you have thoughts about yourself, bad thoughts, and you just get, man, I'm so stupid. I'm so bad. I just suck at this. I can't ever, I can't ever do anything good. I just always fail. Listen, that mentality
1: ain't going to make you strong in the Lord. Is it real? Some of you probably experience it.
0: And I'm not knocking you. I've experienced it in my life. But the way we get out of it is we recognize, no, there's truth in the Scripture. I need to first meditate on it. Second, I need to think, and then I need to say something. I don't just believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord. I confess it with my mouth. I am strong. I am rich. The Bible says that he became poor that you might become rich. My bank account doesn't have to have a million dollars. I don't care. I'm rich. I know something about myself, and I speak it. Come on, guys. I just speak so you here now. Your speaking has power.
1: Your words carry life and death. You sow faith with your words. Jesus sowed
0: faith with His word, and it might have been delayed, but it came to pass.
1: It was seed, and then a harvest came for that tree. It ended up withering. But your words are
0: seed, and they affect you, and they affect the people around you. And lastly, your deeds and. Hebrews 11 it says this is just two examples you read the whole chapter if you want like a whole bunch it says Noah in faith built the ark Noah didn't go God's going to make it rain and sit there with his arms crossed He built an ark It says right after that it says Abraham
1: Abraham went by faith he went not knowing where he was going Abraham didn't get a
0: message. Abraham, I've got a place for you. And then he sat there forever. He got up and went. He moved in faith. He had a belief system. He had an encounter. And then he moved so that God could multiply and bring it to pass so that the stars would, more than the stars of the sky, would be his descendants. Isn't this awesome? But he had to move. If he didn't move, he'd get nothing. How do I know that? Because the Israelites didn't move into the promised land, and none of them got to go in. (laughs) There's giants in the land. Oh, I'm not going to go, even though God is literally leading us with a pillar of fire every day. Manna is coming, (laughs) truly bread, coming out of the ground. No other time in history. Uh, water split. Our enemies defeated. We used to be slaves. Now we're not. That whole mountain over there, it was on fire. God came down. And Moses, you were in it for 40 days. You're crazy, man. But these giants, I don't know about that. They had a belief system, but then they failed to take risk. Their fear stopped them. Just like Jesus says about the one man, because he was afraid, he dug a hole in the ground. He didn't do anything. They were afraid. And their fear kept them from sowing the seed of faith based off of their belief. And they didn't get to enter into the promise. Ah. Oh, that's like fire. Ah. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm not angry or anything. There might be a few of you who are like, who is this guy? Mm. Okay, a couple more verses. We've got a couple minutes. This is perfect. Okay, John chapter 12. I told you, keep me back for a month, and we're going to like just go verse, verse, verse. John 12. These are, this is Jesus talking, okay?
1: Oh. John twelve twenty three. Jesus says to the people, he says, The hour has come
0: that the Son of Man should be glorified. The promise was for him to be glorified, but we all know before he's glorified, the guy had to die. He had to take risk. This is what it says. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it will remain alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also.
1: If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Jesus had a service.
0: He was serving the will of the Father. God. He's God. He became a man. And he knew the will before he came because it was him. He becomes a man and he's not living according to the desires of his flesh, because who wants to go through what Jesus went through? Nobody. Nobody. And yet, even though he's perfect, he's willing to endure something so that he can overcome the problems of the world for each and every one of us. Yay. But he understood sowing and reaping. It's literally littered throughout Jesus' messages. It's actually really wild how much Jesus talks about. It's like the guy wasn't a carpenter. he must have been a farmer. But well, we know he was a carpenter. <laughs> he talks about sowing and reaping so much. He's like a master farmer. Um, but your sowing to Jesus in this context looks like serving. It looks like serving. Okay? Now, let's go to Romans 12. This is the last verses. Romans 12 says... Verse 1 and then 6 through 8 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. A servant to Christ. To lay your life down in life, to risk your life for him to risk it all, to let it go, to surrender it to him, to metaphorically, allegorically put your body in the ground and give it unto God so that he could live through you, so that a harvest could come through you that you can never do on your own. This is your reasonable service. It's reasonable. Why? Because Jesus did it for us. And this is how God wants to move through us. And then it goes on, it says this, verse 6 through 8: it says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace He's given to us, let, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us do it in our ministry. Or He who teaches, teach people. He who exhorts people, exhort people. He who gives, give, give liberally. He who leads, do it with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You, you have a particular nature, a uniqueness, a fingerprint that no one else has but you. And God has put his grace on you to be something in this place without you being that. Not just here too, but in the kingdom, in the world, in your neighborhoods. Let's think small first. If, if we're being who we are here, we can get the, full, the fullness of the gifts that God has to be harvested, to be manifested, to be realized in this place. But it only happens when we're all being authentically true to who we are and to what God is calling us to do. That requires relationship. Jesus says, I do what I see my father doing. I say what I, see, I hear him saying. Yeah? Yeah? Some, some of us have a have a drive to just, I don't know, pray for. Some of us truly have a drive to just pray for all the sick people. I was talking to a guy last week, and he's like, "All I can think about is praying for sick people." Pray for sick people, man. Find them all. My mom's over there. Call, pray for her too. You know, some people in here they're like, "I just, I, I just, just gotta prophesy all the time. Prophesy, man." Speak encouragement over people. Go bless them. Build them up. Strengthen them. Don't tear them down. Build them up. That's Old Testament. We're in New Testament. (laughs) Some of you are ministering. You you just care about people's hearts. Some of you are like, I'm just a counselor. I I just love to sit and listen to people and be there with people. Sit and listen with people. Love your neighbor. Be you.
1: The world needs you to be you. Some of you are so rich, it's stupid. Give Give So there's also a harvest for you. If someone's like, I'm a,
0: I just feel like I got to be a counselor." and then you're counseling people, but then it's not just for the person you're counseling, you get so blessed. Who knows that? The person who goes, I just got to pray for the healing, you know. I've seen bones grow in people that weren't there.
1: That was exciting. (laughs) You know? I've given checks to
0: people. It was exciting. God, he's still prepared. You get back probably a hundredfold, 30, 60, a hundredfold. It doesn't matter. When you sow into the Spirit... In your thoughts, in your talk, and in your deeds, God will back it up and move powerfully. But we've got to say yes. Stay away from the mindset that just goes, I'm just going to sit around and God when he wants to do stuff. He's just going to do stuff. That is so trash. I know that's really strong language. Just hug me in the spirit right now, okay? But it's not good because it's not Jesus. Woe to the man who hears the word but doesn't do it. You who hear my teaching, this is quoting Jesus, okay. <laughs> you, you who hear my teaching and do it are like those who built their house upon a rock. When the winds came, the house stood. If you're someone who's just hearing messages and you don't participate and sow into the spirit with your thoughts, with your talk, and with your deeds, what's going to happen? A storm's going to come and your house is going to crumble. <sighs> I'm not excited about the thought of a house
1: crumbling. But I'm excited that
0: God's good. Oh, God wants to, he'll turn everything together for your good too. He knows where you're at. And he knows where your understanding level is. But that's no excuse not to learn more and understand. God wants us to risk the gifts he's given us. He's, he'll stir in you throughout your life. Some of you, it might it might be tied to ministry. It might not. Some of you it could be like a business or investing or all kinds of random
1: stuff. And you're just thinking about it right now. Let Jesus sit next to you. Talk to him about it. He'll get you covered. He'll help you. Risk.
0: Can I tell you one funny story about investing? Um, I don't know why. I was just I was thinking about this yesterday. I'll share it this is with the idea that no matter when you do risk if you risk with god beside you you're covered out no of what harvest you get yeah so i was just telling somebody this story the other day but I, I i was invested in this company and i i was up i was up a few thousand dollars i know this is years ago this is like 7 years ago when i first started tr- uh, stock trading and i and i'm up thousands of dollars so i go wow This is cool and then I went into this I still own this company and I went into this church service thing this guy comes up to me and says you know do you trade trade stocks I said yeah he goes don't sell hold it hold it he's saying this thing to me but in my heart I was like I want to sell you know and uh, I go "I, I don't know what to do about this so I felt really weird by the way go with your gut not someone else's okay the Bible says each of you will carry your own burden your own load with faith and what you sow. Anyways, I, I wasn't thinking about that at the time. And I was confused. And all of a sudden, the next day, it starts dropping. And I'm like, oh, boy. And next day, it's dropping more. Oh, boy. I was up thousands. And I was like, boom. And now I'm down. And I'm like, down a few, gra- a few grand. I'm like, and, and, and for me, at that moment, it was a lot. At that moment, I was like, wow, I feel like throwing up in a toilet. <laughs> God, I'm thoroughly confused. Because I would have sold, but I got this word. And I don't know what the heck to do. And my wife uh, could see that I was a little distraught about it, so she was sweet and she prayed for me. And then I, I fell asleep in our guest room at the time, and um, in the morning I wake up, and I wake up from a dream. And in my dream, I'm on this, I'm on this website called Stock Twits, which is like Twitter for stocks. And on this company, everybody's posting memes about the Titanic, and they're saying, get out! It's crashing! And then it's like the feed's flowing, and everybody's like, ah, you know. So I wake up, and I'm like, oh, man, what's happening? Right then, my wife walks in the room. She says, Micah, I had a dream last night about you. I said, what was it? She says, in my dream, a cousin came up to me and told me, tell Micah to sell his stock at this price. And she says a price, to the penny. It was crazy. To the penny. Melissa doesn't know anything about the amounts of money in stocks, okay, with the things that I'm buying. something. It was a miracle. In the dream, to the penny. And, um, and, and she says, and in the dream, I asked my cousin, I said, well, won't Micah lose money? Because at that point, I'd be down like $4,000. And in the dream, she says, and then in the dream, my cousin says, yeah, but he'll get it back another way. And so she tells me, I, I, look, at my, I look at my phone right then, and it had dropped to the exact penny, like right, right there, like a penny off, right before the market opened. And I go, Wow. I'm down a ton of money, but you know what? It doesn't matter because God's good. So I sell. Fifteen minutes later, it crashes way lower. Okay? That later that day, I just go, well, that sucked, you know? Part of my language, but that was not fun. I lost, you know. I, at that point, I've never lost anything. I had 4K in a day. I just, felt, I just felt horrible. But at the same time, I was like, it doesn't matter if I sow in faith. If I risk, I'm risking with you, God, and, and, I'm, and I'm learning something. I've, I'm I'm with you. And that day, I just felt to invest in this other company, so I did. And then, and, then, and then I wake up the next morning, and I plan to sell it the next morning. And I woke up, and it somehow, miraculously, had this giant jump so much that every dollar that I lost, I gained back the next morning. Isn't that funny? But here's the funny thing is, if God wants you wealthy, it's not really an issue for him. Like, if God could do that for me, you, I, I could just buy a thing right now and make it. I literally could buy it in one day and make literally hundreds of millions of dollars through trading. You could. But
1: it, that's not what it's about. Life is about walking with Jesus. You guys get that? Like the same God that told me that could tell you anything. Like he's, the point is
0: to operate in faith with the things he's given you and to do the things you feel like he's calling you to do and take risk. And you're always covered because you got God with you. And in the spiritual sense, you've got to give your life to Jesus, obviously. And everybody I know in here is a Christian. You've given your life to Jesus. So then the next challenge is this. Consider your works. Not your works to be legalistic or to become good, but consider your works because you are a new creation. Consider sowing in the Spirit Each day with your thoughts, with your talk, and with your deeds. Because the world needs to see the very thing the Holy Spirit wants to gush out through you. Like a river. He wants to pour it out through you. And all you have to do is say yes. And he backs it up. All you have to do is have a little willingness. And he wants to back it up. He wants to do miracles through you that only are going to happen through you. And he wants to bring multiplication Read the Gospels and see how much Jesus talks about multiplying. He multiplies through your risk. He wants to do that through you. You are such a gift. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. And you are all so unique. I need to not be someone else. I need to be me. You need to be you. Don't put yourself in a box. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of this place. Don't put yourself in a box. Jesus was not ministering all the time in a synagogue. He was walking around the Sea of Galilee, which is not really a sea. It's like a lake. And he was ministering, doing all kinds of things. And God, God might call you to do all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter. But Walk with them and take risk. You, you will never have a harvest if you stick the seed in your pocket. If you just believe and have doctrines, it's no different than demons. I know it sounds really rough, but it's true. Even that's what it says in James. Even the demons believe and tremble. What is that to you? You gotta list stuff you believe in? You got the perfect charismatic theology? That's exactly what Jesus believed? If you don't step in it, what's the point?
1: you don't take risk in it, what's the point? Um, I love you guys. You guys are sweet.